0: Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey welcome to the COV from AusBiz, it's all the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance and startups on this Thursday June the 25th. I'm here with David Scott, Scotty, um closing at the lows of the day.
1: Yeah, two and a half percent, it's uh, pretty big. It's uh, not surprising though given what we saw on Wall Street overnight and look, there's been lots of bad news out for a long period of time. Uh, look, I'm not surprised by what happened, but the abruptness and how it just changes on a dime is uh, is very interesting. I think we're going to get used to this, so uh, this volatility that we've seen over the past few months for you no, know, some time yet.
0: That's what uh, everybody's been telling us, including Con Michaelakis from Statewide Super in Adelaide. Uh, he's got a bit of a soundtrack. We'll start bugging him on Twitter to get his picks for these volatile times. The banks were down significantly, actually. The banks were probably the biggest weight on the market overall, although in a close second, you'd have to say, is the mining and the materials space. Some of those big names, even the ones that are exposed to some pretty good stories, like the iron ore players, Mm. were down significantly. Fortescue off by 2%.
1: Very cyclical uh, sectors, obviously. And when you look at some of the coronavirus case count, what was going on in the United States overnight in those southern states, no, it's just... Terrible, and it does make you wonder about how bad it could get if it's like this now. And uh, I can I completely understand what's going on. Are uh, you throwing what's going on with the uh, no, the trade spat between mm-hmm. the United States and the EU now? That's another impediment. If you go down that path, over for three point one billion worth of goods, I would be very very surprised if it's worth the uh, the consequences, what it would mean.
0: Yeah.
1: If they went down that path, it's
0: not a lot of money. Um, In the the broader scheme of things, absolutely not. But it's the rhetoric, it's the ramping up of these tensions, not only with the EU, with China, that continues to loom large. You know, you've got uh, many in the president's circle continuing to come out and say that uh, they're going to go hard, that they don't have a lot of time or patience or love for Beijing. In our
1: little uh, break we had before coming in to go and do the podcast, I was reading an article that the Pentagon has labelled 20 or so Chinese firms that are run by the military. Um, and that just is the latest in a long list of provocative moves from the United States side of the ledger uh, towards the Chinese. So uh, it looks like it could be a fairly gnarly session, although we've said that so many times before, uh, just to go and be surprised. But Uh, It would take some pretty special news, I suspect, to go and uh, get a a decent recovery after what we saw overnight.
0: So we saw the tech space in Australia being sold off. We did see the NASDAQ last night, of course, uh, taking it as well. The energy space, again, it's that cyclical story. It's the story of lesser demand in the face of COVID cases, primarily, I'd say that's what we put the moves in energy down to. Uh, We saw one bright spot on the local market today, and that was the healthcare space, CSL, fisher Peichel and a Fisher and, I should say, ResMed and Fisher and Peichel. So that tells the story there. I don't think we need to explain it, um, you know, to our listeners again. Um, but we also, one thing we haven't talked about is the IMF coming out overnight and downgrading the global growth forecast. Are faring a bit better in the IMF's assessment? But still, um, yeah, what do you make of the downgrade coming through?
1: Well, for a long period of time there, I used to laugh at the IMF. Uh, I used to think that they were always after the fact and there was a stage there where I was trading days, I'd use them as a contrarian indicator because they would basically confirm that uh, once the market's already made its decision about what they think's happening, the IMF would go and confirm that. And so it was always a great little contrarian indicator. But I think a few people were surprised last night. I know I was because the, uh, the fund while to be making noise is about uh, potentially downgrading, uh, looking for a steeper downturn this year and a shallower recovery next year. Now, we well, layer on top of that, what we've already discussed in the program, the coronavirus is what's going on in the States in particular and, and South America and other places like India. And then you look at the spat between EU and US and trade, and you think, where is this V-shaped economic recovery coming from? And if the IMF is getting more bearish at this point in time, I think for the first time in a long time, that contributed to the volatility we saw overnight.
0: Okay, and it continued here, in Australia today, as we've already mentioned, and the big corporate news today was obviously that of Qantas. Mm. Standing down 6,000 workers, raising close to $2 billion worth in capital. All of the commentary coming from the company, including its CEO, Alan Joyce, you not pointing to a V-shaped recovery, particularly when it comes to international travel, the travel space. Uh, it's a big story and a lot of the other names here in australia on the back of that suffered that's flight center webjet hello world sydney airport was down by close to seven percent and this again is compounding some of the losses that we saw in the u.s session when it came to a lot of these travel related stocks the cruise liners were hit pretty hard for example through the overnight period so there are still major concerns about when um, this COVID case rise will stop in parts of the world and when borders were open. But I think it's worthwhile on a day that we closed at the lows, on a day that was really dominated by some negative news, that we had some good updates coming as well. Accent Group comes to mind. Um, BAPCOR shares suffered down by about 2%. However, BAPCOR came out with a pretty positive results and a few of the Results could be traced back to stimulus payments, JobKeeper, JobKeeper, uh, Seeker, I should say, and some of the early release of Super. And, you know, particularly when it came to the airline sector today, we heard the Prime Minister saying that, look, that area of the economy could need further government support going forward past the end of JobKeeper.
1: Um, and it's undoubtedly, yeah. Like Nadine, like you, it's a huge sector. It's a really important part of the Australian economy. And yes, I've written in the past that I think there's definitely a case for going be optimistic when it comes to a, a domestic side of things, when it comes to domestic travel. But we've got to go and adapt. But airlines, in particular, particularly those who go and service overseas markets, there is no way that that international border has been opening up anytime soon unless we get a really effective treatment for COVID or we find a vaccine now. Those likely in the near term, you listen to the specialist, people are very doubtful that's going to occur. So you're going to have to go and support these sectors. Uh, I really think this Qantas news, I'm not trying to over dramatise things, but it's such a well-known brand. Everyone knows Qantas, and I'm not just talking about here in Australia, but around the world. Uh, and given what they has to say about what a, the outlook lies uh, for that company, uh, I think it's a bit of a wake up call to a few people that uh, know this whole idea that we're going to go back to normality and like you know, quick smart is not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um, there have been some rose-colored glasses on and I think that seeing the rising case count in Victoria, again, not over-dramatizing it, but you know, clearly we are not out of the woods and won't be for quite some time. Okay, well, I mentioned BAPCOR there and uh, we did speak with the CEO today. One of the most interesting things that he said, actually, it was all pretty interesting and you can access that interview via the show notes. But we were talking about the trading update that we got today and I asked him something along the lines of, should the trading update come with the caveat that it is not indicative of future performance? And here's what he had to say.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, on, on the announcement we put to as ASX, the last sentence is exactly that. Um, and during the announcement, we've made it fairly clear we believe it is a bubble um, at the moment and clearly is because demand just doesn't normally sit the way it has been the last two months um but it's not abating at the moment but we do see it as a bubble at the moment and as we go into the new financial year so from july onwards we expect that bubble to come off so it'll abate and then um over over time we we're just being very cautious about what's going to happen after september uh simply because we nobody's got the crystal ball that knows uh, once job assuming job keeper falls off as to what impact that's going
0: to have. So that was the CEO of BAPCOR, uh, Daryl Abotomy, and he was joining us live. And again, you can access that via the show notes.
1: One thing I also found interesting about that interview was when I asked him about how the New Zealand market had been performing in contrast to Australia. Obviously, they've had support mechanisms for their workers in terms of payments as well. Uh, he said that sales in the New Zealand units were not back to COVID levels, whereas here uh, they've exceeded the pre-COVID levels. So to me, it just we're trying to go and piece together how big an impact this early release of superannuation has had. Uh, it just turns me another piece of the information where it says, well, that early release has probably had a big big impact not only on these couple of retailers but the broader space we've seen strong updates from motorcycle stores yep. we've seen a lot of discretionary spending we've seen other alternate indicators telling us where that spending has gone to uh, something of gambling unfortunately but uh, it looks like the net benefit albeit temporarily has been the retail sector
0: So another big thematic when it comes to retailers that we've been discussing, you know, over and over again is this move to online and the huge jump in online sales that they have seen. Well, Redbubble is a purely online business, and I spoke with the CEO and just to talk about whether it's a structural shift or if the big jump in users and sales they saw as a result of lockdown. Look, you know, they're still working that out. And obviously a lot of that still has to play out in the months to come. But Redbubble had a great day by the end of it, up by 22%. I did, however, ask the CEO, um, you know, when it comes to the August reporting season, whether he thinks the company will be in a position to give clear guidance going forward because that's the big concern now. That's where a lot of the risks lie is when it comes to reporting season, you're gonna have perhaps no outlook statements coming through or really vague outlook statements coming through and that's gonna inject another wave of uncertainty into the market and that's part of our discussion that we had with David Sikulski. He is um, CEO and CIO of the Concentrated Leaders Fund. That's a worthwhile listen and that can be accessed by the show notes as well. We spoke with the CEO of 3P Learning as well today. And uh, that was an interesting one because she's talking about the second wave of COVID. Hates to talk about a health crisis being good for the business. But um, her comments on what's happening in the U.S. are particularly interesting. So that's in the show notes as well. Our stock of the day, Sonic Healthcare. It is one of the companies that came out yesterday, reaffirmed its guidance. We had two guest hosts in studio with David Kosh, Koshi. And uh, let's hear what Rudy Philippe van Dijk had to say about Sonic Healthcare. Um, I think there's both sides to Sonic. On one hand, <clears throat> it's, its normal operations obviously have been impacted because as we, as we lock yep. down societies, uh, they couldn't no longer do their testing. Uh, on the other hand, um, the, testing, the extra testing they got was the, the COVID-19 testing, yep. which is, um, turns out to be very profitable for them. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was, that was the, the main surprise when they do, did their announcement that most analysts went like, oh, they yeah. make so much profit out of that. In terms of uh, share price, um, I wouldn't chase them here personally. Right.
1: Yeah, I really like it. Uh, I actually bought this one uh, during the COVID sell-off because I saw it as doing reasonably well out of the COVID testing that should need to take place. Now, of course, you do have that uh, hold up that Rudy mentioned regarding the normal testing, which some of that is quite flexible and obviously falls off a cliff when you go into lockdown. But the thing is, a lot of that testing still will need to happen. So it's not just completely, some of it is, but not all of that revenue is completely gone. So some of that should actually bounce back reasonably strongly sometime in the future. And on top of that, you've got this, the COVID testing. and the reason I really like Sonic and actually was considering buying more today and may well buy some today or not. If not today, this is definitely high up on my list because I've turned myself into quite a healthcare investor during this pandemic.
0: And that was Claude Walker. He is from a rich life, finishing those thoughts on the stock of the day, Sonic healthcare, which did finish into the red. Okay. So, uh, tomorrow, There is a real lack of data out here in Australia. It's a Friday, after all. It was like a pretty quick week. Um, I guess tonight we're again going to be digesting the jobless claims that come out of the U.S.
1: Yes, I think uh, it's very important. Uh, That is obviously an aspect that is going to really sort of feed into this view of what shape of recovery we're going to have on top of what we're seeing with the virus cases and potential for new lockdowns. But how quickly those jobs are starting to come back. We saw the payrolls report out a few weeks ago that obviously was a pleasant surprise. But the continuing claims remained above 20 million at least of last week. Uh, And then we've also seen initial claims still remain anywhere massively above any period seen during the GSC. This is how many months now after the uh, the lockdowns are on board. So it tells you there are still layoffs occurring, widespread layoffs across the United States. You get another bad initial jobless claims figure tonight. I think it's just going to go and add into that concern we're seeing in relation to the virus and other things that sold the, uh, the, the sell off overnight.
0: Hey, one thing we haven't talked a lot about I did with the guests this morning is the fact that we're going to get the Fed Reserve's reports on bank balance sheet testing. So these stress tests, if you want to call it that for the banks. And that will come through and will give us, you know, the effects of drawdowns, corporate credit lines. It will also um, inform how regulators see banks' plans for dividends and buybacks. And that might be a really interesting read because, as one guest was telling me today, you know, what happened through the pandemic already, you know, breached some of the, the existing stress tests. Um, that was pretty tough even before the pandemic. So I'll be watching out for some commentary on that. Tomorrow, we'll be speaking with the CEO of Sezzle. It's a buy now, pay later platform and uh, some interesting news that it's uh, got for us tomorrow. So I hope you can join us at 8.45 a.m. I don't want to give it all away. We'll be speaking with Matthew Hasson He's Senior Economist at Westpac. We'll be speaking with Bruce Wolpe. He's Senior Fellow at the United States Studies Center to talk about all the rising tensions with China, the U.S., Europe, U.S., Trump, Biden, everything uh, like that as well, and um, yeah, we'll close off the day pretty much talking to Scott Haslam. He's the CIO at Crestone Wealth. We do hope you can join us for our Friday, Scotty. It's been another great day with you. Thank you.
1: I enjoyed it as always, and looking forward to Friday and uh, end of financial year.
0: Want truly hydrated skin? Mitozia's body care breakthrough: Hyaluronic Body Serum.